You know, the preaching of the cross is to them that perish, it's just foolishness. But to us who believe, it's the power of God. Why else will we be here Sunday, Monday night, Tuesday That's night, right. Wednesday night? Yep. We want the power of God, amen? Why else are we willing to change our lives? God gives us a little taste of his presence. We want more. Getting us ready for heaven. Where we'll finally be in the presence all the time. In God's presence. The, remember these times when, you, when God comes down and you don't, you don't want to leave the building? You don't want the service to end? You don't want to go to work tomorrow? You ever get that feeling when you're here? God gives you a little taste of his glory. Yes. Moses didn't want to get off the mountain. He said, Lord, I just want to be with you. Yes. I don't even want to eat or drink or anything anymore. I just want you. Lord, let me see you. And God says, you can't see me. You'll die. You got an unholy body. That's why we're going to get glorified bodies when we get to heaven. We'll see Jesus face to face. So what God did was he covered Moses' eyes, hit him in a cleft of the rock, covered his eyes, and when he passed by, God allowed Moses to see his back. Amen. And God gives us little glimpses of glory, of God's glory, and it's all worth it. And one day we will permanently be in the presence of our Savior. And it'll never end. May God do a great work tonight. Uh, Pastor Higgins, would you come up and give us the word of God? Thank you. Everybody give me a Appreciate you. Thank you. It's such an honor to be here this evening, and I mean that uh, my uh, family is now in Memphis, Tennessee, serving at Calvary Baptist Church there, and I'm serving as outreach pastor. I was before that uh, over nine years in South Philadelphia, pastoring Faith Independent Baptist Church. And then prior to that, uh, over nine years, about 10 years at Harbor Baptist Church in New Jersey, uh, serving with my dad. Now, my dad was a church planner in, mostly in and around the city of Philadelphia. Uh, that being said, as, as we were coming up, uh, taking a trip uh, this week up here and, and to see my mom and be here for a few days, I thought about Wednesday night, I prayed about it Sunday morning, and honestly, um, I felt impressed to visit Gospel Light Baptist Church uh, somewhere in the far northeast of Philly, near the, near the airport, the northeast airport, it's all I knew. I, I'm not that familiar with the far northeast of Philadelphia, uh, but I am familiar with your pastor, Pastor Phil Woods, and his family, and, and that goes way back, uh, back to the 1900s. How many of you were alive <laughs> back in the 1900s? And, uh, but the Lord had, had just impressed upon me, and, and, and I said to my wife, I said, you know, I said, it, I, I want to go there, and, and, you know, the Lord, I feel that's where I'm, we're supposed to go and just attend, but I said, um, it's the, it's one of the few churches, I don't know anyone there, I said, it's one of the few churches around Philadelphia or in Philadelphia that I don't know anyone there other than the pastor, so to come here this evening, and some of us we're just meeting right now, but for, for a bunch in the room, we go way back. And, and man, I, now I understand a little bit what God was doing. I was coming here, honestly, uh, just to, to get a little bit of God. I mean that. 
Uh, I've caught some of your, uh, a couple of your services. It'll come up in my feed, and there's an hour difference. And so I've caught a, a you know, I'll catch a little bit of your services uh, different times. And so I believe that your pastor has the touch of God on him. And so I wanted to come visit. I mean that. And it's because of the truth. It's because of humility. It's because of separation, consecration, holiness, even though none of us are holy in and of ourselves. But I just wanted to come tonight to get something from God. And I think I, I think I have from God. All right. I don't know if you'll say the same after I finish preaching, but, but that's the goal. And I mean that. <clears throat> so again, some of us have known each other for a while, but uh, but but in, in the Lord, there's a sweetness and a, a time of refreshing that comes when you're with the, the brethren and, and family of God, and I felt that already tonight. Let's go in our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, <clears throat> we'll begin reading in verse, four, or verse 8. If you're there, would you say amen? amen? That's good. If you're here, would you say amen? amen. If you're neither here nor there, just be quiet and uh, we'll get into scripture. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 8, we are troubled on every side. Hello. Yet not distressed. We are perplexed. Have you... Have you can you relate to this word perplexed the last two plus years now? The new normal, you know, unprecedented times. No one seeming to know what to do. I mean, from the top down, from your house to mine and even to the White House. Just what's, what's going on? What are we going to do? We are perplexed, but the Bible says, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We have the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Did you catch that? While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. That means while we look not at the news every five seconds to see whether or not Putin has unleashed a couple nukes our direction, or do we? It's tough, right? While we look not uh, to, to see what's going on, but, but we, it, we, we have a hard time turning our eye away from the things of this world. And looking unto Jesus. But the Bible says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. These verses have become uh, closer to my heart in the last couple of years. Different things that we've all gone through together. Different things that, that myself and, and my family uh, have walked through. Uh, and, and, and these verses have become close to my heart. But I want to draw your attention to five words 
here in verse 9. Look there in verse 9 where the Bible says, persecuted but not forsaken. But then these five words, cast down but not destroyed. And I want to bring a, just a, a thought tonight for a little while, down but not out. Down but not out. I want to go to the Lord for a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I certainly need you. I'm nothing without you, Lord. I know you know that. But I want you to know that, that I understand that too. And Lord, I pray that you would please... Move as you already have, Lord, I, I sense your presence, even just on the property, Lord, just pulling up. Lord, it just feels like a, a place that is set apart for you, and I thank you for, uh, Lord, for, for, for what has gone on here. Father, thank you for what's already been accomplished Sunday and Monday night and Tuesday night. Father, I pray that tonight, Lord, though folks may be tired, I pray, Lord, that you would please, that you would renew us, uh, Lord, day by day, even now in the inner man, and Lord... Would you help us to be awake? Lord, would you, would you touch our hearts? Give us something, Lord, that will help us to keep going for you. We know you're coming for us, but help us, Father, uh, Lord, to keep going for you. I pray that you work. If there's any who are lost here tonight, that you'd save a soul. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'd bless the online ministry. Lord, I pray that you would encourage uh, me, my family, and this church family as well here tonight as we dig into your word. Lord, I pray that you give us some, uh, some golden truths that will help our lives. I pray and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, these five words, cast down but not destroyed, there they are in your King James Bible. Here in these words, we have an, an allusion to ancient wrestling, actually, Roman wrestling. Athletics were popular at times of the, uh, writing of the, at the time of the writing of the New Testament. The Roman Empire was in power at that time and saw an importance in entertaining and amusing its citizens through competitive sport. But wrestling was part of a sports culture even earlier than that, dating back to the Greek Empire. In fact, in 708 B.C., wrestling was the first non-foot race event that was added to the Greek Olympics. And so again, these words, uh, they, they uh, were to illustrate a point and a truth God's, God was communicating to the Corinthians. And they've been not only inspired, but preserved and present here for us tonight. And bring with them a breath of God and, and, and life within these words that will help us if we understand the meaning. Well, let's talk about wrestling. And no, Johnny Moskal, I'm not talking about the kind that we used to talk about back at Christ Independent there on Walmart Street in Philadelphia. This is a little different. And, uh, and this is uh, what, we, what could be called actual uh, wrestling, even though what we used to be into uh, we thought was professional wrestling, and, that, and we'd argue whether or not it was real. Uh, but uh, when the Bible talks about being cast down but not destroyed, some Im images of, uh, of modern, uh, what's called professional wrestling, may come to mind. But in ancient Greek wrestling, uh, there were points that would be scored, and it was more similar to, uh, honestly, uh, the competitive uh, type of wrestling at the high school, college, or even Olympic uh, level that we see today. And in ancient Greek wrestling, a point was scored when one player touched the ground with his back. You didn't want that to happen. Or touched the ground with his hip. You didn't, you didn't want that to be uh, your, your situation. Or maybe a shoulder. And then uh, the, the, can, they would concede defeat to, uh, due to a submission hold. Or perhaps uh, the wrestler would be forced out of the wrestling area. But when three points were scored, uh, the, that one that had cast the other one down would be the winner. Then there was one particularly important position, again, in this ancient form of wrestling that truthfully uh, is uh, similar uh, to some of what we have today. But in this ancient form of wrestling, there was a position 
that would, uh, we could call the disadvantaged position. It's where one of the contestants was lying on his stomach with the other on his back trying to strangle him. The athlete on the bottom would try to grasp an arm of the one on the top and turn him over onto his back while the athlete on top would try to complete the choke without being rolled. Imagine the difficulty if you're in the disadvantaged position. Imagine you're down by points. What do you feel? What do you think when you're on the bottom? Maybe you started the match on the top, but now you're on the bottom. You've been cast down. You're behind in the points. The enemy, the opponent, is on top of you. The Bible says we have an adversary. And, and you, th there's one on top. Will you win? Will you lose? Well, I want to point this out. Even though you're starting again at this point, from the vantage point of disadvantage, still the match is not over. Because a comeback victory is always possible. Listen, is always possible until the end. Can I remind you tonight that the Lord Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And so uh, tonight, newsflash, here, in, in case you missed this news, uh, there's some tonight uh, from the pulpit. Newsflash, the world hasn't ended yet. Amen. And so it means, hey, look, I'm looking for Jesus to come back, but the world hasn't ended yet. And he promised he'd be with us. He promised his power uh, that would be available to us even to the end of the world. And so I want to tell you tonight that you might be cast down. And I, I promise I, I understand uh, what that's like. You may feel uh, you're at a point of disadvantage. And, and can, can we be honest that, that, look, much of the world feels that way right now. Much of, uh, much of, uh, much of your neighborhood probably feels that way right now. I'm not familiar with what's going on with uh, the church, this church uh, at the moment. But I can just say that, look, if it's similar to what most people have experienced the last couple of years, look, what most people have gone through, then uh, there are many people uh, who have become down. Become down. Listen, become down. I mean, there has been loss the last couple of years. There's been loss of life. There's been loss of jobs. There's been loss, loss of life as we knew it. And we find ourselves down financially. We found ourselves down uh, in our health. Found ourselves down uh, perhaps physically. Found ourselves down uh, even emotionally. Found ourselves down, if, if we could be honest, a time or two spiritually. But the fact is, I'm trying to just bring truth from these five words in Scripture tonight to say the Christian may be down, but the Christian can never be out. We've got the Spirit of God in us. We've got the Lord Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father. When we call uh, in prayer to heaven, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, there's a closeness that you have to heaven. And so how can we be down? Uh, look, uh, when it is like that old uh, wrestling uh, scene, the pseudo-wrestling, where, uh, man, uh, all of a sudden, uh, there's, that, there's that, uh, uh, that person that appears out of nowhere into the ring when the ref's not looking and... <laughs> takes care of the opponent, slips out of the ring, and look, then all of a sudden the opponent who was disadvantaged now is winning again. But I'm just saying there is an unseen helper on our side. Amen. May it never be said that we're down and out when the Lord is on our side. If it hadn't been the Lord on our side, we'd be down and out. But he's with us. Oh, he said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Forsake means to abandon in time of need. It's when we're in need that Jesus is there. Not forsaking us, but helping us 
And by the way, the next verse, oftentimes we miss what's before after verse. There in Hebrews 13 and verse 6, the Bible says, uh, Therefore, we may boldly say the Lord is our helper. And so he's our helper because that's why he's with us. When he's with us, look, not just in good times, but the fact he doesn't forsake us means he's with us in bad times. That's why we can say the Lord's our helper tonight. And so, look, I'm just saying, uh, we're, we're, we're down, but we're not out. Maybe you're on an upswing, and I, I, man, praise the Lord for it. Talk to me later and tell me how you figured that out right now. Uh, I want to know. I know it's not Dogecoin right now. I don't think. Anybody know about that dog coin, whatever you want to call that stuff? But I know it's not, what was the other one last year? The, uh, I know it's not GameStop right now, but tell me uh, what's got you up. And I know it's not the lottery right now because good Christians don't. Good Christians shouldn't. Good Christians sometimes do, but God shows them they shouldn't. And uh, listen, the meaning of these five words in your King James Bible, uh, look, cast down, but not destroyed, have resonated with me uh, in the last couple of years as there have been, uh, look, many mornings where I opened my eyes uh, thinking, did I even sleep? And thinking to myself, man, I, I, I don't know what it's like to, to, to feel this way because I've never felt this way before. Have you felt different things in the last couple of years that you never felt before? And we've become even desensitized to some of what uh, has come on the news to where it's sort of just like a, a shrug it off. But uh, you rub your eyes and look again. There it is. Some of what's going on in this world right now, we never thought we'd see. But it doesn't mean that the Bible isn't true. It's confirmation that God's word is true. Amen. These things are coming to pass as God prophesied that they would. I'm here look, to, to say uh, this evening that you're down uh, but, but not out. Simple message tonight. The world, the flesh, and the devil uh, may have knocked you down. And, and by the way, and they will. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Every day we battle these things. Weights, besetting sins, impatience. Every day we battle these things. Might stumble you. Weakness of body, sorrow of mind, weariness in well-doing may hinder you every day. We battle these things. But still may it never be said uh, that we're down, that we're defeated, uh, that we're done. Because Jesus, Jesus, listen, has already won the victory. Scripture says, for this purpose was the Son of Man manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Boom! <laughs> spiritual mic drop there. I mean spiritual. Not in my power. But Scripture said, the Son of Man, speaking of Jesus, was manifested. Hey, God became one of us because we couldn't make it, because we couldn't defeat Satan, because I couldn't uh, win it, it within my flesh, because I, I wouldn't know what victory was but for God. Jesus became one of us on the cross. That didn't represent defeat. Oh, it was defeat for sin and Satan, but victory for us on that cross. Uh, the serpent's head, hey, was, was, was crushed. But look, three days later, Jesus rose again. And we're not fallen. We're risen. We're not defeated. We're victorious in Christ. The Bible says in Psalm 20, verse 8, they are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Recently, I looked at that verse and a couple of words that we are risen in that verse. I looked there. I said, man, there's, there's the resurrection in the Old Testament. We are risen. There's, there's newness of life spoken of in Romans back there in Psalms in the Old Testament. By the way, there's no book like the Bible. I remember old Pastor May coming uh, to Maranatha Baptist Church back probably around, uh, it was the early 90s when that church was first started. 
and on Torresdale Ave. And uh, old Pastor May came. I was just a kid. But I remember he, he gave a handout, which was a kind of something unusual back then. And I got something to look at as a kid. And before I started drawing on it, I looked at that thing. And, and, uh, but it had, it had different things in there uh, that were in the Bible uh, that had uh, proven, uh, that had come true and, and proven to be. And all these verses that you'd never think were just part of society. And, and it was proof that the Bible is the Word of God. I remember him preaching that. And, and, and tonight, as I look in the Word of God, I see they are, they are brought down. Those that don't trust in God, those that trust in, as the Scripture says in Psalms, their chariots, those that trust in their armies, those that trust in, look what they can see, but there's what we can't see. There's the invisible armies of God. There's the angels sent uh, as ministering spirits uh, to those that are heirs of eternal life. Tonight, there's so much more than meets the eye, Christian. But we've got to see it with eyes of faith. But in the Bible, we turn to have our faith built. And, and I read these words in Psalms 28, but we are risen and stand upright. That's interesting to me because it implies that we're going to get knocked down. Hey, why would we need to stand up if we'd not been knocked down? Why does the Bible say we're risen if we, if we never end up down? And then in Proverbs 24 and verse 16, for a just man falleth seven times, but riseth up again. And so by the authority of God's word this evening, can I just encourage you, get up and get on. We are risen. Can I ask tonight, is Jesus risen? I've not been to Israel, but any time I, I, I know a Christian who has been there, it's been a few times through the years. It was once in, in my church in South Philly, uh, Andrew O'Neill went and, and came back. And, and uh, years ago, uh, uh, Dan Madden had gone and, and uh, he actually had... had uh, also uh, bought tickets for my parents to go, and, and they came back some years ago. And anytime, anytime someone goes over there and comes back, I've got one question. Now they want to talk about all sorts of different things, the Eastern Gate and the Weeping Wall, and they'll talk about uh, the Pool of Bethesda and these different things. And, and I'm just waiting, and I say, I say, what about the tomb? Did you see it? Was there a body there? And they say, oh, it was incredible. It was amazing. And they get into talking about it. I say, I just want to hear one thing. They talk about how the stone was chiseled at, at a certain part. And they, uh, the guide will tell you about how tall Jesus' body probably was. And, and I'm just interested in one fact. Call me a simpleton. But I just want to know, is it true he's not there? And everyone has said, that tomb is empty. It was after three days Jesus rose in bodily form. This is what our faith is based on. Are you in Christ tonight? If you don't have Jesus as your Savior, look, just in simple childlike faith, doesn't, you don't have to be, uh, look, a, a rocket scientist, a Harvard graduate to accept Jesus. Jesus said it was childlike faith that it took. It's simplicity. You just come humbly and say, Lord, I can't save myself and I'm a sinner. Yeah, I understand there's, there's hell to pay, but look that Jesus died on the cross to already pay the price for my sins. And by faith, I'm putting my trust in you, Jesus. Would you save me? It's really that simple. Not any set of words written in Scripture that you, that you have to uh, repeat in some sort of religious rhetoric. But simply by faith, open your heart and make a confession saying Jesus is God and Savior and, and receive Him. Believe Him for salvation tonight if you don't have Him. But if you've done that, and you've been born again. It means that Scripture says in the book of Ephesians, quite often, we're in Christ. 
We're seated in heavenly places. Look, you're as good as already in heaven because you're in Christ. You're within what's called the body of Christ if you're saved. I'm simply saying that body's not a dead body. That body's not a, a decayed body. That body is a risen body. That body is a living body. And so tonight, hey, we might get down at times, but it's impossible for us to be defeated by the devil or by our flesh unless we let it. Look, it's impossible in Christ. There's victory tonight. And so... Uh, scripture says in Romans 6 and verse 4, Like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Now look, in our text tonight, if you're still there in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, notice what the Bible says in verse 10. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Look at that verse for a minute. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. The Bible, look, speaks in Scripture, letting us know that, yes, there's a resurrection. But I want to tell you that first there must be a death before there can be a resurrection. Don't miss this tonight. In Colossians chapter 3, in fact, would you go there with me to the book of Colossians in chapter 3? Let's turn there in our Bibles. I know you're tired tonight, and I'm going to let you out early. I was told normally you go till midnight, and so we'll be out about 10 or 11-ish. Book of Colossians, uh, chapter 3. And the Bible tells us here in verse 1, If ye then be, notice it, what? What are the next three words? Help me out. Risen. If ye then being risen with Christ. Again, we're in Christ. If Christ is risen, you're risen. But if Christ be not risen, guess what? But he is risen, and you're in Christ. The Bible says, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Watch this. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Do you see it? Then it says, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Verse 5, first word, mortify, means put to death. Ever heard of a mortician? The Bible it says here that, that, look, we've all got sin. We've all, uh, in our flesh dwelleth no good thing. The fact is that my flesh has never been saved one day. Because of Jesus, my soul has been saved. But my flesh is sinful. If we walk in the flesh, we'll, we'll commit sin. But the Bible says if we walk in the Spirit, uh, then we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now I'm trying to say here tonight, as I'm preaching uh, about the fact that we're risen in Christ and that Jesus is risen and the tomb is empty, that if you and I who are saved, look, if, if we have not died to self, we will not know the resurrected life. There must be a death before there can be a miraculous resurrection. We have got to die to self in order to live in the Spirit. If there, there, there will not be newness in life that Scripture speaks of, how we're baptized. Ye, and by the way, in Romans, uh, there it speaks of, ye were baptized uh, into uh, the likeness of his death. But in other words, those people had already been baptized by submersion. And the Apostle Paul was saying, hey, you're not living in newness of life. And it's not making sense because when you were baptized by immersion, the biblical way to be baptized, you went under the water picturing 
identifying with Jesus in his death. And when you came up, it pictured now uh, uh, Jesus' resurrection and there should be this newness of life. But I'm just saying this, that look, watch this. Every Christian must do two things every day. One, die to self. And two, hey, live in newness of life. But when we have not died to self, we cannot walk in that newness of life. And so uh, this is uh, why I think this where let me make the connection here tonight on what I'm preaching. I'm preaching, look, uh, look, look, you've been cast down but not destroyed. But could I say tonight that one of the reasons I, I think that the Lord is allowing all of us believers to go through difficulty right now, in the last couple of years, I don't believe we're in the tribulation from Scripture. We're not in the tribulation for what from what is there in Scripture, all right? So just relax. If you're not saved, get nervous because the rapture could happen tonight. Amen. Honestly, be rapture ready. And, and, but the fact is, the Lord is allowing us to go through things in this world the same as, 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 as uh, everyone else is going through some things. But it also appears to me, just from folks I know, and even within my, my own, again, our own family, that, look, the Lord, the Lord has, 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 has look, brought some, uh, some judgment and brought some chastisement. And the Lord has dealt, and when he deals with us, it's corrective. Jesus took our punishment on the cross. But God, look, I believe the return of Christ is soon. Jesus is clear. He wants a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. He doesn't want blemish, but we're sinners. I think right now there's a cleansing going on because his return is soon. And it just may be we're cast down, not because it means it's over for us, but because the Lord, and this is how the Lord chastises, it's in His love. Because the Lord in His love and the Lord in His mercy, He wants us, look, to actually do right. He wants us actually to do well when He comes. And Jesus said He's coming quickly and He brings His reward in His hand. He's coming soon when He comes. It's not that He doesn't want to give you a reward. It's that He wants to give you a reward. And so it may just be that right now the, the Lord is coming through his people. And, and look, many are cast down. But it doesn't mean that he, it, it's, it's meant for us to stay there or to live there. Again, no death, no resurrection. And, and can I just say, because we wouldn't die to self in the last couple of decades, I mean, the world, America, Philadelphia, I can't believe the luxury level that most people live at now. Honestly, from cars to apartments, Houses, everything is labeled luxury this, luxury that, to bicycles, really. When I was a kid, you'd get beat up if you were riding something like that. You'd be chased all the way to your house. And you couldn't go to your house if you are being chased. How many of you are from Philly, okay? You didn't think I was, and now you know I am. You didn't go to your house if you were being chased. You went to your the guy you didn't like's house, hopped a fence, came back around through an alley, then snuck back to your house. But... I'm simply saying the level of luxury and, and line. When I was a kid growing up in Philly, you know, everyone was always accusing other people of, of being rich. Oh, you've got that. You're rich. <laughs> now I look around and I say, every, what, where, are, where is everyone getting this money? It's a, but it's the level of luxury has gone up to a point where you, you just offered it. You want, you want, what do you want? You want luxury appliances. Sure, you wouldn't have anything else. You want luxury furniture. Sure, you wouldn't have anything else. It needs to be heated. It needs to recline. It needs to go forward. It needs to massage. Uh, you want luxury shower heads. Sure, make it rain. What do you want? You want luxury, 
You want, you've got to have the ninja uh, this or, or that what, in the kitchen. Ninja everything. Look, what, 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 what do you want? This level of luxury is so far beyond what, honestly, our flesh can handle. And we become weak spiritually because we're too strong in the flesh. And I believe right now God is saying, look, be cast down, be cast down, be cast down. Not because he doesn't love us, but because he does love us, Scripture teaches. And because he wants to, look, uh, lift us up. Because he wants to raise us up. He has not cast us down to destroy us. Again, I'm just making application tonight to what I believe is going on. And I'm just testifying almost a little bit. I don't believe he's cast us down to destroy us. But I believe he has cast us down. Cast down, but not destroyed. Down, but not out. Oh, but if we, if we, it, what we've got to do is get right with God. What we have got to do is look, learn supplication again. That's coming to God in prayer with a humble spirit, not with a haughty spirit. Haughty spirit and the Holy Spirit are never the same. But coming to God just with humility and in supplication, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Oh, God, God, if, if it wasn't for your grace, I wouldn't be saved. I, there wouldn't be any good thing in my life because there's no good thing in my flesh. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. You know, my dad, to, to just mention him, tonight I, I've got to. My, my dad, uh, a number of you in the room tonight knew him, and if I could just share his, a bit of his testimony real quick, but uh, my parents were raised uh, Catholic, Irish Catholic uh, was my dad, and my mom would say Roman Catholic, and going back to that time, you were a certain kind of Catholic, if you were anything in the city, usually Polish Catholic, Ukrainian Catholic, or Greek Orthodox, maybe, but, but mainly Catholic. They went through Catholic school, but once they got into teen years and then into life, just uh, different situations, uh, actually, my dad was about 13. His dad had died when he was six, and then at 13, he got a stepdad, but he was drunk every night. And so my dad went to, to the streets and to the corner at that point. And, and uh, for the next uh, several years, he, he, always had, he was always, always had some sort of buzz to take the edge off or, or whatever going. But when he was uh, 21, he began, I guess you might call it, you know, what they call it, tripping or kind of stepping over with certain drugs. And he always, he was kind of a thing, I guess, within our family that the men could hold their alcohol, you know, hold their beer. I'm not glorifying sin. I'm going somewhere with this. The fact is that you might think that you could handle sin. Some people are stronger than others and can handle different, it would seem for a little while, handle different sins. The fact is sin takes a toll. It'll take you further than you thought it would. It'll keep you, man. I won't get into that to illustrate it tonight, but it will keep you, it will keep you. And it is stronger. The devil will give look, different dosages out to, to all of us. We're all sinners. And some need more than others and think they can handle it. My dad thought he could handle the different things, but at a certain point, he thought he was always in control. And then, and then through different drugs, he all of a sudden began to feel as if he was losing his mind. But different friends in the neighborhood, have you heard this story, some of you? And one Jack Rayside uh, had gotten saved and come back to the neighborhood here in Philly and had begun preaching Jesus. My dad would say he saw two things about the guys that had become born-againers, that they had power and they had love. 
Again, my dad at this point in his life, he, 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 he was beginning to realize that he couldn't handle uh, certain things and, and things were getting out of control for him and escalating a little bit. Uh, my parents had split up and meanwhile, uh, there, there were guys going through the neighborhood. Uh, Steve Harmada was another one at that time and coming through and, and witnessing to my dad and, and, uh, and, and giving him gospel tracts. My dad would not accept it, but he would, go, he would keep the tracts and his friends didn't know it. But he would go home and he would keep the tracks and he would read them. And, and he, my dad would use the word. He would say, I would go home and in, my, in privacy, I was devouring the tracks, reading through them and searching and wondering, could it be true? Wondering if what God had done for his friend Jack, would God do that for him too? But uh, my dad, uh, thank God, uh, one night, uh, actually it was Steve Harmada called him on the phone because my dad had told Jack Rayside he wasn't ready. And, uh, and then Steve Harmada called my dad and said, Dan, is it true that you told Jack that you weren't ready to get saved? My dad said, yeah, I'm not ready. He said, I, I'm telling you, you are ready. Today's the day of salvation. My dad hung up. That was in his head. He couldn't shake it. He went to the bathroom of their third floor apartment there on the Roosevelt Boulevard and went to the bathroom, shut the door, locked it. It was, a, I don't know why. Sometimes Philly people are weird. And uh, locked the door. Got by the bathtub, almost symbolic of just, just like, I got all this sin. He got by the bathtub, but he didn't wash himself. He just prayed a prayer, Lord. He said to God, I can't tell you that I'll ever stop. And he named different sins that today no one even thinks are sins. Like one of them would just be, you know, marijuana. But, you know, he, he said, I can't tell you that I'll stop doing these things. But he said, if you'll do for me what you did for Jack, please come into my heart and save me and change me. God did it. My dad would then testify that, uh, as, so the Holy Spirit came in. He didn't know what had happened. He hadn't gone through Bible college yet. He hadn't become a pastor yet. Hadn't planted a church yet. But God was changing him, all right, because the Holy Spirit comes in at salvation. But he would say that he, he uh, would, would look around at different friends, again, that were a little further in their growth with Jesus. And, and he'd look around and he would think, this, I'm going to be the unhappy, like, I, I want Jesus but I'm going to be the unhappiest person because everything that had been present in his life seemed like it needed to go. My dad would talk about how uh, he'd never had any, done any fun, any activity without alcohol. You know, not that the Higgins family were drunks. They just, uh, you know, Irish people drink a lot. By the way, so do Polish people, and so do German people, and so do Russian people. And so do Mexican people, and so do Puerto Rican people, and so do, did you do ever, well, I grew up hearing these things, well, uh, we're, again, growing up in Philly, well, we're Irish, we just like our booze, well, we're Italian, we just like our wine, well, up here in far northeast, there's the Russian section, and you know what, at a certain point as a teenager, I was like, wait a minute, everybody drinks, it's just a different, it's a different flavor, sure enough, you think about it. Different groups, I mean, have, have their different, but everyone does. My dad, uh, as a Christian, Bible says, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. Bible says we're supposed to be filled with the Spirit. My dad didn't understand that fullness of the Spirit, neither did I before salvation, and the Holy Spirit, neither did you. But he, so he looked around and thought, I'm going to be miserable for the rest of my life, but I don't want to go down the path I was headed on, and so I'm gonna, I'll, I'll just do it. God began to change him. It was, it was kind of gradual. First, he took, his, uh, he, he took a gospel tracts, 
and, and went to the bar. He thought, he thought that was a good thing to, a good, at the time of salvation. He wasn't working. He got a job. Uh, God began putting his life together. But my dad thought it was a, 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 you know, like a wholesome, good thing to go to work and then go to the bar. But he began witnessing in the bar with tracks and uh, didn't go so well. The Holy Spirit began to open my dad's eyes to where before salvation, he didn't notice all the sinful things that now he looked around and said, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I don't feel comfortable in the bar anymore. So he took his beer home. Can I just, I'm just testifying tonight. So he would try to read his Bible with his, his Budweiser. And before long, he, he just began to realize that there was this war between the beer and the Bible. There was something going on. As the alcohol left my dad's life, again, he, he's in heaven now, but he would testify. If you were here tonight, I'm sure he would preach his testimony. And he would, he would testify that. He, he couldn't imagine going anywhere, going fishing without a six-pack, going you know, somewhere without a keg back then. But as God, as those things came out, my dad said he actually, it was as if life had been black and white since he was like 13. And now all of a sudden, it began to be full color, as, as the Holy Spirit, listen, filled him with love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness, faith, temperance, long-suffering, against which there is no law. As the, as the fruit of the Spirit replaced, look, the buzz, the high, that would pick you up but let you down. Oh, tonight, if you're down, Christian, God doesn't mean for you to be down. He gave you His Spirit. The Holy Spirit is an uplifting spirit. The devil will look oppress you and push you down. But if we get filled with the Spirit, God reaches down to us and he picks us up. The Holy Spirit inside of us will lift us up. And so tonight, we can't say we're down and out. We may be down, but we're not out. It's not true. When I was 14, I decided to live for Jesus. I was a teenager in the city. And I, I, I thought to myself at the time, it, it was a certain night. God got a hold of my heart on a, on a Sunday night. And um, man, I couldn't wait. I, I did something like God got me. When God gets you, I mean, it's real. And I knew something had happened. But still, there's that, that wrestling of will. But I, I, I got to my house and, and late that night by myself, I, I just began to pray to the Lord and, and, and talk to him. I remember saying to God, God, I don't know anyone in this city that wants to live for you. Now, it wasn't true. It's just the way you feel sometimes, right? The devil wants you to feel isolated. And at 14, 15, I, I, the way I felt then as, as a teenager was, I don't know. I remember saying to God, Lord, I, I, you got my heart tonight. I feel it. But Lord, if, if I agree to this, and I'm just talking with the Lord. I'm saying, Lord, if I agree to this, I'm not going to have any friends. If I agree to this. Like, you know, I'm going to have to separate from, you know, so-and-so across the street. And, Lord, I won't be able to go to distant rec center. And, Lord, I won't be able to walk through Vogue Playground anymore. God, I can't imagine a life with you. But that night, in tears, I prayed. And by faith, I said to God, I said, God, all right. And it, I don't know how long it went, an hour, two. I don't know. But it was just into the night. I said, God, okay. I said, all right. I said, I wrestled in my soul. I said, all right. I said, God, what this means, I said, I'm going to go with you. But Lord, please. And it's fine. I trust you. But Lord, I kind of don't please. You've got to come through for me at some point because God, this means I'm not going to have any life. God, I'm not, not going to have any friends. 
God, uh, look, there's wrong relationships out there. I could have, I'm not going to be able to have a girlfriend. I mean, these are just things I'm thinking. Like, if I live for God, there's things that are going to be gone from, from life for, I don't, I, for the foreseeable future. I, all I could see as a teenager is like, my life is over. But I trusted God that night. I just want to tell you that my life has been so full ever since. I want to tell you tonight, not only does God fill you with His Holy Spirit and gives you the fruit of the Holy Spirit, but when you go all in with God, He begins to look, just decorate your life and bless your life. And I might not be the richest man in the room tonight. Hopefully not. Otherwise, you guys are sorry. But I might not be. But honestly, God has given me riches. Look, add it, add it the blessing of the Lord that has no sorrow with it. There is that maketh himself uh, rich, yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, yet hath great riches. God has given me great riches. God has filled my life for years now to where, as I look around, I say it was that decision. I mean, man, one night where I said, God, I'm not sure that what, what, what I have in, in my life if I go with you. But by faith, I went with him. And I'm telling you tonight, hey, God has been good. Look, there, but, but it was at a point in my life, honestly, where I was down. And I decided to go with God. If you're down tonight, choose God. Go with God. Let me just give you a couple things from this text and, and we'll get out of here tonight. I'm checking the time and uh, we're good. It's still not even close to 10, so relax. <laughs> but in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, notice not only is it this death and resurrection that's going on in these, in these verses here. In verse 12, uh, the apostle speaking of everything he was facing and those with him. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. But then verse 13, notice it. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. I just want to ask tonight, how's your faith? Can I ask tonight, hey, do you have the spirit of faith? There is a spirit of unbelief out here in the world today. There is a spirit uh, of cynicism out here in, it means unbelief, out here in the world today. There is a spirit of like, man, we're done and it's over. We're cooked. We're about to be new. The world's over. Relax. Because of this, if it is the end, Christian, Jesus is coming. And it's a good thing. He's going to fix what's wrong. He went to prepare a place for us. And he said, in my father's house are many mansions. But we need to have faith. We need this spirit of faith. And then it speaks, of, it talks of speaking of faith. Look, we also believe and therefore speak. Can I just encourage your church tonight, my family that's here with me tonight, we need to speak believing words to one another in these times. We need to speak words of faith. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. We've got to be in the word to speak these words of faith. But we need to be speaking. We don't need to be negative like, look, the coworkers, the neighbors, the, all the Facebook friends. I, I know it gets into church, but I'm trying to help tonight. Gets into my house too, and sometimes, I, look, it, it's me. I'm Jonah. I need to get out. But we need to speak believing words, words of faith, words of praise. All these words I, I've sung to the Lord. I've lost some good friends along life's way. Some loved ones departed in heaven to stay. But thank God I didn't lose everything. Lost faith in people who said they cared. In time of my crisis, they were never there. But in disappointment and my season of pain, one thing never wavered, one thing never changed. Never lost my hope, never lost my joy, never lost my faith, never lost my praise. 
Let some blessings slip away. Lost my focus and went astray. But thank God I didn't lose everything. Lost possessions that were so dear. Battles, walking in fear. Been in the midst of struggles, in a season of pain. One thing never wavered, never changed. Never lost hope, never lost joy, never lost faith, never lost praise. May it be said of us that the words that come from our mouth, hey, uh, bring glory to God. That the words that come from our mouth, hey, uh, are, are those that would match the spirit of God that is in us. And it's a spirit of faith. Ought to be words, look, that build up, words that lift up God. You know what's incredible as we go through difficult times? That, that when we praise God, what praise is, it's lifting God up. And because God's spirit is inside of us, when we praise God, you can't help but be uplifted. You catch that? I, I promise. There, there have been some, some mornings where I battled. There, honestly, there, I, I know an exact number of 65 days straight from, from a certain date that a certain thing happened. And, and, and man, I'd get up and I'd go where I was trying to meet with God. And I'm telling you, I understand the difficult battle. I'd never been through a battle like that of knowing I needed to praise, not feeling it at all. But in, when we praise, what it is is we give God his rightful place. When God is in his right place, which is high above, and that same spirit of God also is in, in, in us, then what happens is God uplifts us. And, and, and this is where they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, shall mount up with wings as eagles, shall run and not be weary and walk but not faint. Sometimes we go through the valley of the shadow of death. You know what we got to do? Walk. Walk by faith. And so I want to encourage you tonight to maybe have a death that you might have a resurrection. Maybe embrace being cast down as part of God's plan that then you understand I'm not destroyed because we are risen in Christ and you can get up. Maybe understand the importance of this spirit of faith and, and speaking belief and speaking words of faith and speaking words of praise. And then tonight I want to encourage you to not faint. In, in verse 15 here, the Bible speaks of abundant grace. Would you look at this verse? I've got one more thing and we're out of here. For all things are for your sakes that the, notice it, abundant grace. Can I remind you tonight? That whatever you've been through, whatever you might be dealing with tonight, whatever might come onto your plate tomorrow, God doesn't just give, it's not insufficient grace, it's all sufficient grace. God doesn't give a little bit of grace. Like, how many of you are married? That little bit of grace sometimes when it's cold and you keep waking up without the covers. And you're a sinner saved by grace, so you grab the covers and maybe you're not so mean to yank them off, but you just do the turn thing. And now you got them for a little while. Why don't they make blankets bigger? Seriously. Make those comforters to just come to the edge of the bed. I can't even make a bed like that. That's my excuse. But abundant grace is what God gives. Amen? His grace, it covers all of our sins. We're grace, we're sinned about grace much more. Abundant grace, the Bible says. Now I'm just telling you tonight.
That this abundant grace is what renews us day by day. This abundant grace is what leads into uh, verse 16, uh, where the Bible talks of how we're renewed day by day. This abundant grace is, is what gets me through the worst days. Our difficulties are lightweight compared to God's abundant grace, but also what the Bible's teaching us here uh, when it calls in verse 17, our light affliction. Oh, it seems heavy now. It's hard to deal with now. But God speaks of what is coming and this uh, reward, this eternal weight of glory. I just want to tell you tonight, uh, look, be not weary in well-doing for in due season. We shall reap if we faint, not don't faint. This isn't time to faint. It may be the fourth quarter. might be the 15th round. Hey, uh, it might seem like you're down, but you're not out. Don't faint. Don't faint. Have the spirit of faith. And in God's abundant grace, get up and go on. Last thing, verse 18. While we look not at things which are seen, but at th the things which are not seen, absolutely. The only way... Look, the only way we've made it this far, whether you realize it or not, the only way we'll make it going forward is to look up. Jesus, the Bible said, look, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher, always author our faith. He's wanting to finish it, and he will. But if we're, if, if we're to stay strong, we have got to look up. Hey, look, uh, it's, too, uh, it's been tough the last couple of years. Uh, we, we just want to look to the side, right? Or, or we get down, we look down. But Scripture says, look up. I want to encourage you tonight to look up because Jesus is coming soon. And so look to the skies. Listen, it's time to look to the skies. Hey, uh, we're listening for the trumpet. But meanwhile, we look to the skies. Don't give up. Look up. Keep your eyes on the skies. Believe that Jesus is coming. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. But according to what we see in this book, any moment, any moment, he's going to get up from that right hand of the throne of God and he will meet us on the clouds, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Hey, we're going to be caught up together with loved ones that have gone on before. Hey, we'll be forevermore with the Lord. And the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 18, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Tonight we're cast down. Sure, but not destroyed. Would you bow your heads and, and hearts in prayer? I want to ask the pastor if, you, if you'll come. And uh, do the invitation. Praise God. Cast down but not destroyed. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. We have nothing to fear. We have nothing to lose. Everything to gain. Let's all stand as we wrap up this revival. This is the beginning of new life in your life. A new way about you. It's okay to change. It's okay to... You were once quiet at work, but now you're preaching Christ. It's okay to ask God, God, do something with me. I'm tired of doing nothing. I'm tired of doing nothing for you. I want to do something for Jesus. I want my life to count for something. Come down and pray. Ask God to miraculously change you. Maybe you're here tonight 
and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, let tonight be your night, the moment the Holy Spirit of God enters into you and you are made alive. When God created us, he made us a living soul. Sin entered into the world and death by sin is so death passed upon every man for that all have sinned. But then Jesus came. We were kicked out the garden because of our sin. But then Jesus came. And now he calls us all back. Come. Come back to the garden. Come. Come and drink of the waters of life freely. Come ye that are thirsty. Come ye that are tired. Come ye that are hungry. I got all you need. Of all the messages that were preached, was there something specific that God dealt with you about? Now the ball is in your court. Now it's up to you to walk with Christ. Will the devil be after you? Oh, you better expect it. When you walk with God, you will get attacked. That's part of the battle. You're not going to win every battle. You're not going to win... Every time you get tempted, sometimes you will fall. Though you get cast down, not destroyed. He's got you. You're going to feel lonely sometimes. That's when you praise him for his love. You're going to sin sometimes. Some of us a lot of times. That's when you praise him for his forgiveness. You're going to feel weak. You can't go any further. And you praise him for his power and his strength. Always praising the Lord all along the way. Praise him as you go. Praise him, praise him, praise him. Praise him, all you people. Praise him, all you hosts. Praise God. Hear my humble cry while on others thou art calling do not pass me by you know you're special tonight Jesus will never pass you by he died for you and when he saved you he knew what he was getting into he knew every time you bother him he knew every time you fall, and he still saved you. Don't you ever forget that. Wear that on your head. The helmet of salvation. What's that mean? Jesus saved me. What else do I got to lose? I, don't, I can't lose. I won. He saved me. I'm saved. I'm saved. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor. That was an amazing message. Amazing. Wow, what a message. It was like 10 messages in one. Just, I didn't want it to end. And uh, because of that, we ordered Chinese food, and it's downstairs waiting. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Uh, the Chinese food literally just came in one second ago. So look at that. Perfect timing, too, as well. Look at that. The Lord works everything out. Amen. That was a lie a little bit. But praise God. Amen. But it's downstairs.
and we're going to pray for the food. Uh, let's wrap this up with an amazing fellowship downstairs. Thank you for the singing, uh, Higgins family. Thank you so much. That was wonderful. Uh, thank you for being here. Came all the way from Tennessee just, to, just for this. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And some other things. But uh, Lord's uh, led them here. Amen. For this service. So thank God for that. What a great work God is doing. I hope everybody's able to stay. Brother Lou, I can't believe you, Brother Lou. Uh, he passes out Sunday. He gets out an hour ago, and he's here again. You can't, get a, you, you can't get enough of the Lord, Brother Lou, can you? It's amazing. Amen. Amen. Brother Luke, can you come up here? I'll go pray over you too. That's good. That's good. Come up here. I remember when he first, when he got saved. There's no other brother Lou on the earth. Thank God for you. Let's go. Amen. Love you. Let's uh, close in prayer. I'm going to pray also. Lord, Jesus in heaven, Lord, we need Brother Lou. Uh, I don't believe he's going to be cooking up in heaven. We need him down here, Lord. We need him in good health. Heal his lungs, I ask you in Jesus' name. Heal his lungs, Lord. Let him have the oxygen, oh God, you created him for. You did not create him like this, oh God. Sin has touched this earth and is destroying all of us. We see the effects, death, destruction all around us, sorrow. That's not you. You are good. You're a great God. I pray you'd heal Brother Lou. Give him grace and strength. Raise him up, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, touch him. Heal these lungs. That he may breathe better. He may receive the oxygen he needs work harder for you. He's here, Lord, to show that he wants to be here. He wants to do some great things for you, but he needs this. Oh, God, I pray. I ask this in the name of Jesus. In the power of the blood of Christ, I pray over Brother Lou. Lord, thank you for this revival. Thank you for our church. Lord, we're going to see the best things yet to come. We've already seen great things, but I believe the best is yet to come for this new growing church. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Let's get downstairs. However you say it in Philly, General Sal, General Toes, whatever it is, it is down there. And uh, let's have a great fellowship.